We've been looking for a home in a great neighborhood, but they're all too small. Then we heard about the FHA 203K loan program, where we can add a room or two when we purchase and get a single loan to cover both the purchase and the room addition. What a great idea! Love My Renovation Project, broadcasting today from our outside of our offices in Las Vegas, Nevada. They were supposed to finish renewing my office, uh, and they got the drywall up and the taping, but they didn't get the texturing yet. Lordy, lordy. But that's what happens on renovation projects, even on your own. Things pop up, but welcome to our show. Uh, we'll be discussing things regarding renovation loans, either with the FHA 203K Homestyle VA renovation loan or one of six other renovation loans as the questions come in. But are you a teacher, a fireman, a policeman, prison guard, EMT? You're looking to purchase a home? How about getting a 50% discount on your new home? Call in and we'll tell you how you do that. Phone numbers for anybody that wants to be part of the show today, 888-627-6008. You know, sometimes uh, we have found that homeowners around the country have a problem and they don't have anybody to help them. When they were first starting, their consultant seemed to be an advocate. Well, that's just an appearance. He wasn't an advocate. He's there to help you create a scope of work. And when he's done that and bid it, bid the job. He might even help you get some bids from other contractors, but he's not your advocate. And once that job is finished and he's paid, that job is ended. Now he becomes an inspector on behalf of the lender. So just inspecting work that's completed, was it done in a professional and workmanlike manner? So sometimes you may find that you don't have anyone to talk to. The consultant is no longer your uh, friend, not like he was or she was, but now they're, they have a different job and they're a different responsibility. Well, they still want to do it in your best interest. Their responsibility is to the lender and the HUD. So hang in there. Give us a call. Uh, go to our website, 203k911.com. Tell us about your problem, your issues. There are no problems. There are only issues, and we can deal with issues. But you're not alone, and we have helped people. Uh, had a couple of houses completely redone. The lender sent out a new contractor and redid the entire scope of work professionally. The original contractor just fell flat on his face. So they were putting work through that was not done in a workmanlike manner, and their consultant, for some reason, was signing it off. Uh, so you never know what happens. I have heard of one consultant who on all of his projects had the same contractor. Isn't that amazing? How can you have that many contract or construction projects uh, and all the same contractor? This guy's been in business about 20 years, over 20 years. I was shocked when I heard that because he used to work for me. But... Um, Anyway, 
whatever the situation is, you're not alone. If you need someone to talk to that knows the ropes, feel free to give us a call, but we prefer to get that an e email with your phone number in it so we can call you when it's convenient, or we'll email you back and let you know our number to call in for that specific issue. But whatever it may be, we I'm sure we can assist you in one way or another. So don't be shy. Get in there and, and get it done. Oh, no, don't want to cancel that. Anyway, let's get over here. I'm going to change the setting on this puppy or delete my... What is this? Okay. Well, most home buyers think their consultant is their advocate. We did that. They're not. Um, we did a job, not recently, just, just recently, where the they already had a contractor's bid, and they were kind enough to provide it to us, more for the scope. I could care less about his prices, uh, his costs, what he said it was. But the first thing I did was I looked at the blueprints, and uh, actually I got out to the house and measured where it was going to go and created my own sketch of the house. Figured out they were only adding so many square feet, and if I took the guy's bid dollars, divided it by the square feet, he was bidding six hundred and forty-two dollars a square foot for the work on a room addition. Six hundred and forty-two dollars a square foot in any neighborhood that I work in with this program. That is more than twice as much as it should have been more than twice. I see in, in our neighborhoods, two to three hundred dollars a square foot is typical, not six hundred forty-two. So as I worked through the numbers and started bidding the job myself, we came to find out that I could not get this thing over a hundred thousand dollars. And their bid was a hundred and sixty-eight. The lender had pre-qualified them. Everything seemed to be moving forward. They just needed a consult. Uh, that's not the way to do it. Get your consultant out there first. Let them create a scope of work. Once they create that, they're going to give you a bid. And now you have that in your hand. So when you get this bid, uh, by the way, the second contractor bid came in at 88000 And that's what we went with, 88000 So if you'd have had a bid in your hand for 88000 or even 100000 and somebody bid 168000 you would know something's wrong. Uh, we had another one we did for 159000 We bid it in four days. Lady said, don't even send it to anybody. I got the contractor I have uh, interviewed and love. Well, it took him four and a half weeks to come up with two ninety-eight, two hundred ninety-eight thousand for the same work we were going to suggest was done for 159000 We sent it out to another bid after taking an insult from her, do you even know what you're doing? And uh, at that point, she said, bring a contractor in that can do it for that. And I said, no. You pick the first one, and I was happy to bring another contractor in, a different one or a different three to choose from, but uh, not when you said, do I even know what I'm doing? So I made her go in and find another contractor. She did, and his bid was 161 I bid 159. 161 is a viable bid. 
the guy did what he was supposed to do and bid that project. So just realize your consultant does most of the time know what he's doing or what she's doing. Um, so give him a break. Give him a chance to perform. Uh, when you go out and get your contractor bids in advance, you're actually undermining the protection that the consultant might be offering you. Uh, we've got a couple lenders that insist that you go out and get a couple contractors to bid the job before the consultant ever gets out there because they think that it keeps them from running their timeline. Okay, so it keeps them from running their timeline in their minds because that timeline starts. Uh, and that's like sending your football team out there and having uh, nobody except the kickoff return catcher there out on the field. Nobody else, just them. And you're going to kick the ball off, and he's going to catch it and run with it. It's not going to get very far with no protection. They're going to hit him pretty quick. So when you run down the, the field, you want to have all your people in motion. Your consultant is the key person. In my opinion, a consultant should be the first call you make. You know, after you get pre-approved and everybody knows what you're looking for and you found a house and you have a, an accepted offer. Once you have an accepted offer, get the consultant out there. Let them put that scope of work together so everybody knows what it is they're bidding on. Typically, contractors don't have a clue. So what you do is you tell them, I want to update the kitchen, I want to update the bathrooms. And the next guy comes out, you say, I want to update the kitchen and the bathroom. Oh, oh, and I want new windows. And then you bring a third contractor out there. And, well, let's see, I want a kitchen and a bathroom updated, and I want new windows. And, oh, oh, let's paint the, the interior. So they're all getting almost the same information. None of them are getting HUD's minimum property standards. Do you have attic insulation? No, you have to insulate. Do you have smoke detectors and fire alarms and so forth. No, oh, well, you have to install them. And in some case, depending on how much electrical work you're doing, they may have to be hardwired. You know, we're doing one right now that originally had no fire sprinklers in it. it had no fire sprinklers in it, but it has been ongoing now with one headache after another. The engineer died. No other engineer would take his work. So you had to hire a new engineer and have all new engineering done. This thing is going on almost two years. And the inspection department decided, well, we've decided you need fire sprinklers. Well, this job has been going on two years. Do you think they put fire sprinkler enough money in there for that? No. The original consultant on it used the contingency reserve from day one to do all the draws. They did not do one item on the scope of work. And it was his scope of work. And every time the contractor would call him for a draw, he'd say, well, there's nothing on the scope of work done. Yeah, but look at all these other things I've done. Can I get paid for those? So he just did a change order and turned it in to the lender. The lender paid it without question. Now there's no contingency and no fire sprinklers. I've already told the... Uh, lender that we need to look at this and see what can we do without, if anything. 
but certainly it's going to change the appraised value. So that means another appraisal is going to have to happen. Maybe they can use the final appraisal, um, which has been very commonly common practice lately, the last few years. But anyway, if you want to be part of the show today and call in and talk to us, we appreciate that. That way everybody doesn't have to keep listening to my voice all the time. Call us at 888-627-6008 and be part of the show. In the meantime, let's get started. I alluded to minimum property standards a second ago. When you do a 203K, minimum property standards have to be met. So your consultant is aware of them. Typically, they're health and safety items and of longevity. Will the house live as long as the mortgage under normal uh, upkeep? Okay. Uh, one of the questions I got the other day was rain gutters, because Southern California doesn't use rain gutters. Apparently, they don't have enough rain. Uh, we don't have all that much rain in Las Vegas either. Uh, so I see lots and lots of houses with no rain gutters. But minimum property standards suggest that you do have. If the roof is pitched so that water would flow onto the people entering the home, then you should have rain gutter. You should have something to keep them from getting drenched in a pouring rain when they're trying to enter their home. Uh, so that's just one little trick. You can you can just put a little four-foot piece over there and a downspout, just catch that water and get it away. Uh, what I've done in my house is put up a Dutch gutter. Now, what is a Dutch gutter? Dutch gutter doesn't have any downspouts. What it does is just directs water away from the porch or the walkway that enters that area. So as a pouring rain comes down, that water hits that Dutch gutter and is displaced side to the side, one side or the other. And you can set it up to go to either side, whichever is more convenient, and falls away from your house. So that's, that's what we did. A very, very inexpensive gutter. Uh, let's see here. Trying to help out another consultant with a report. Uh, I get a kick out of this. Somebody calls you up and says, hey, uh, I've done my first 203K. Would you mind taking a look at it and see if it looks right? I said, sure. So they send me the report. No backup information. I'm supposed to estimate if it looks right. Well, okay. It looks good, what you have here, but I don't know where you made the decision to put the things here that you want done. I appreciate that what you've done, but I don't have any backup material. So if you're going to ask me to help you decide if this works, uh, if your first report or your 20th report or 200th, it doesn't matter. I'm happy to do that, and I don't charge anybody for doing that, uh, by the way, so it's free. consultants out there that may be listening. If you need someone to run privately, run uh, by your, your report, I'm happy to do that for you and be that, that wall that you bounce things off of. Even if you didn't take our training, we will help you do that. But send me everything. If you've got a sketch before and after, send it to me so I can help see what you're doing. And that way, as I'm going through it, 
particularly if it's in our software, send me this that version so I can get in there and actually make changes and fixes as I see them. The biggest thing I'm finding is that somebody puts in there, somebody new puts in there, a, a replacement of roof, $5,900 per attached bid. Well, that's not acceptable. I want to know how many squares up there. How many square feet of roofing are you replacing? A hundred square feet is a square. So if you've got a four and 12 pitch house and it's a thousand square feet, you have to add 5% for the first tier that, and the overhang. Uh, so you're, now you're, you're 5% over. You're 1,050, right? I think that's 5%. I ought to get a little calculator up here so I can talk and work at the same time. So I'm 1,000 square feet times 1.05 is 1050. I was right. I'm not wrong all the time, but I'm not always right. A few years ago, I thought I was wrong, found out I was right, and that was the mistake I made, just thinking I was wrong. Anyway, and then you want to add 17% to that times 1.17 for the pitch. And that game brings you to 1,228 or 13 squares. You typically can't buy less than a square. So you got 13 squares on that roof. So I want to know how many squares. Now when I take that 5,000 square feet and I divide by 13 squares, that comes up to $384.61. $384. Now if you go down and you buy a square of 25-year shingles, uh, they're warranted for 25 years, they're only about $135 a square. So now we're at 384. So this is one quick way that we can determine if that may be too too much. But why? Let's look at the demo. If you've already got two or three layers of roofing up there, you have to tear it off. We got to only have two maximum. In the old days, you could have three. Uh, we, had, we had found one that had a brand new layer of roofing, but it was the fifth layer, and it was so scalloped. Uh, it was just beyond use. You had to tear it all off and fix things. Now, when you get an old roof, let's say you've got two or three layers up there, and you have to tear that off, there's an expense or a cost to that. So what I'm looking for when I see that $5,900 bid for a roof, is there any demo or is it included? If it's included, I take it out. I might put fifteen hundred dollars over there in the uh, in demo. I might even put two thousand. There's companies out there. That's all they do is demo. They just tear the roof off. Now, if it's an old house, they may be fixing, uh, replacing all the plywood too, the underlayment. So, if that's the game plan, it doesn't say that. So, we need to say that in your work write-up. Oh my good, sorry. Sorry, Doug, I did not realize that we were running past time. Call us at 888-627-6008 if you want to be part of the show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short break.
We found the perfect house, but there's been no updating it for many years. Then we heard about the FHA 203K, where we can buy that home and get the money to fix it up all in one low interest rate loan. What a great idea! Hello and welcome back. Call us at 888-627-6008 to be part of the program. Uh, we're right. We're back with you now. Let's see. I was reading a blog post over the weekend and it was talking about somebody just discovered from a lender, which is really interesting, that the contractor's bid, if it exists, and the scope of work, scope of renovation that the consultant created, those numbers cannot ever match. Now, if you've been in this business 25 years like I have, lenders were telling us they always had a match, and we were telling them, no, they don't, and they can't match. I got a phone call, I don't know, four or five years ago from my good friends at the Santa Ana Hawk Home Ownership Center, Hawk. H-O-C, and they were telling me that uh, if two contractors were given the same cost books and asked to bid the exact same scope of work, that the, the amounts would not match. They couldn't match because one of them is going to uh, average high and the other one's going to average low, or one will have a a specific thing he does better than anybody else, and he does it cheaper, and he bids that item cheaper. But either way, I was told about five years ago that they cannot match and should not match. And I explained to HUD, I said, well, the lenders always want us, they're bankers, they want everything to match penny for penny. And he told me, my good friend down there, I'm not going to name him, but he is a nice guy, works great. And he's been wonderful over the years for getting information back to us quickly. But uh, I told him that the lenders in, uh, are adamant about that matching and that I don't. What I do is I, I do my bid. I keep it first draft, second draft, third draft. These are my bids. These are my numbers that so I can show that they did not match the contractor's bid whatsoever. But a lot of consultants just take a contractor's bid and copy it, matching numbers for numbers. There's a lot of lenders that insist that happen. Then there's a very few. I think that guy got the call from the only lender on earth that knows that they're not supposed to match because they told them don't match. The way the 203K was originally designed was for a consultant to come up with an independent bid of his own. And just for for talking's sake, let's say that bid number was um, $75,000. He comes up with a list, a scope of work, and a bid at 75000 And he sends it out to three contractors blank so they can blind bid it. Blind bidding means they can't look at his numbers and determine what to bid. So contractor one comes in at 74,000. Contractor two comes in at 76,000. 
and contractor three comes in at 120,000. Well, the 120,000 is out the door. Throw it in the garbage. Put it in your file. I don't mean physically throw it in the garbage. Keep it in your file. It's evidence. It's part of what you do for a living. You keep that in your file. Uh, now you've got your bid at 75, and you've got this other one at 74, and another one at 76. The guideline originally was that if you get your contractor's bid and it is within the contingency reserve, and 75 does not include the contingency reserve, you have to have a minimum of 10%. That's 7,500 more. So if you had a, a bid anywhere between 74 and 80, you can close the loan with the, con with the consultant's numbers. Now, when you look at item for item, you're going to find that some things are quite different than your consultant's bid, and that's okay. Your consultant is typically using the numbers that he's used to, that he sees coming through, and that he can find to back up in the book, in the cost manual he uses. Uh, I recommend one cost manual because HUD used to recommend them, and that's home. What is it called? It's jeez. Uh, How can I recommend it if I can't even remember the name? Anyway, call me in and tell me what those are. Uh, Anyway, there is some pricing guides out there. Uh, I have one on my website, 203konline.com. Oh, I want to say home publishing, but it's not its not tripping for some reason. But if you go onto my website, there's a uh, a costing program there. It's them, and their full name and address is in on that thing. And you can actually bid from that if you want. You're going to get it all printed out and sent to you, and you can put it in the, in the appropriate places. But anyway, so somebody discovered that these two things cannot match. Well, HUD designed it that way. So if you, if I put a bid together and it's seventy-five thousand, and they're about to close the loan at seventy-five thousand, and the bid comes in and it's seventy-four, close the loan. Close the loan. You don't have to put the contractor's numbers in it. There's no, you know, there's nothing in there that says we have to use the contractor's numbers. If it comes in at seventy-six. That's a thousand more than my bid. Close the loan. It's within contingency. We can use the contingency to pay him a thousand dollars and and still meet his bid number. So he's happy, or she's happy. The contractor is happy, irregardless. Um, I yeah. We all know there's a trainer out there that was training people, consultants, and lots of them and telling them, before you ever get out, when they call you and ask for a consultation, you tell them to get three contractors bid or whatever and get those bids in your hand before you go out there. Well, how can you bid if they don't even know the scope of work? That's why the consultant goes first, because he, creates, he or she creates the scope of work and bids the job so we know approximately this job is worth X number of dollars. If you send a contractor out there first, your clock is still ticking. Contractor might take four to six weeks to put a bid together. He's got to call all of his subs and so forth. So, anyway, it's not fun. I don't want, uh, when I go out for a consultation, uh, that was another bid or a stroke of genius or a blog post.
I was reading, you know, who do you want to show up? I want my client to show up, the client, the borrower, the person who I'm working for. And that's really the only person I want there. Uh, we always invite the lender to be there, the loan officer. If you've never seen one and this is close to your office, come on up. Let me show you what we do. Uh, many of them will have questions and interrupt your your thinking, so you've got to tell them ahead of time, please, you're the fly on the wall. The fly don't say anything. The fly is just there watching. And if you have questions, please write them down, and we'll be happy to answer them and address them at the end of this session. But I need 20 minutes of uninterrupted time with the client. After that, we can take as much time as you need to answer your questions. But I found over the years that if a contractor is there, one, he's already seen the property, which I haven't seen yet. Two, he's already come up with some ideas and things that need to be repaired. I haven't seen the property yet. I'm about to see it after I spend 15 to 20 minutes with the client explaining the program. If the contractor's there and I get to the point where your contractor would like to get a draw inspection, then he says, oh, great, you're going to talk about that. And he might ask questions about how long does it take to get paid once I turn a draw in. Uh, and I don't want those questions right then. I am answering them. If you will shut up long enough for me to finish what I'm saying, you will get the answer to your question. So you, contractor, also keep your mouth shut. Oh, well, I've done five or six of these. I know how it works. I said, bye. And I wave at him. You don't need to be here then. Bye. But you certainly don't need to be interrupting. I want the client to understand what's about to happen, what's going to happen during the process, how it happens. If you go to 203konline.com and click on the handy PDFs, there's a procedure button. Uh, a PDF that tells you the procedure. I want the lender's going to qualify you first. I just got a call from a guy who wants a 203k loan. He's got the house already identified. He's ready to go, but he didn't have a lender. Now, I could go out there tomorrow, but if I do and he doesn't qualify, have I done him a service? I don't think so. So I sent him to a lender. Uh, if I was listening, I didn't send him to a particular lender. I sent him to a couple. <laughs> anyway, you don't need to know anything more than that. So... Here we go. He goes to the lender. We're waiting now to hear if and when he qualifies. Then I go back, and we'll send somebody out there to look at that house. But in any case, I don't want the contractor there asking me questions. I want to be able to get through this process with my consultation. We take that first 15 to 20 minutes and go over the, the, the forms that are going to be and I, and I go over the things that are most commonly misunderstood. I don't want you to misunderstand that, so I'm going to go over this in detail. There is a contractor does some work. This is a, a reimbursement program. It is not money up front. There is no money up front. In the bid specs on line item 35, I put in a no-cost item, and it's eight rules. One, there's no money up front. Two, you have to buy things, put them in, install them. Then I can reimburse for what you've got installed, labor and material. Uh, cabinets, cabinetry and finished flooring, 
Well, finished flooring includes tile, by the way. Tile is finished flooring. That stuff stored on site, according to the guideline, can be paid. But there are many lenders who won't pay it. They don't want nothing to pay it. They don't want to pay it. So every lender has got its own quirks and its own supplemental guidelines. So you want to be sure and learn those about your lender before you try to coach a client. Uh, anyway, so, God, God, time is flying, and we're having so much fun, too. Uh, anyway, call us at 888-627-6008 if you want to be part of the show. We appreciate that. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back after this short break. We've been looking for a home in a great neighborhood, but they're all too small. Then we heard about the FHA 203K loan program, where we can add a room or two when we purchase and get a single loan to cover both the purchase and the room addition. What a great idea. Hey, we're back. I told you it was going to be short. I hope you had time to do whatever you had to do. <laughs> Call us at 888-627-6008 and be part of the program. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. Uh-oh, what did I just do? I lost my page. So, we're talking about who's going to be there at the consultation. We literally do. A, we consult with our clients, and you should be too. Um, the client needs to know what's going to happen, what to expect. I get questions about, well, contractor's ready for a payment. When can you get out here? Well, has he filled out column three yet? Uh, no. Um, okay. Most lenders require a minimum of 10% of the construction price to uh, the construction amount in order to qualify for a draw inspection. So if you've got a $78,000 project, you better have $7,500 minimum. I like to see at least two or three times that. Uh, We'd like to see two times that because five times that would be the total construction amount. So if it was fifteen thousand instead of seventy five hundred on a seventy five thousand dollar project, we know five of those equally spread out are going to be seventy five thousand. Uh, we had one job that was five hundred forty five thousand dollars of construction. Five hundred forty five thousand dollars in construction costs. That guy was looking for $50,000 a draw. And at that, it's still nine draws. Okay, but we can only put five. HUD will only finance five. They're an insurance company, and they have found that financing more than five encourages more draws. So they have determined that through their actuary tables and so forth, they can only loan or include five draw inspections in the mortgage. You can have more. If it takes six or seven, it takes six or seven. That $545,000 one, it took 13, as I recall. And that's okay. It's just that they have to be paid for. They can't be financed. Uh, if
if you're going to have six or seven, you could probably utilize any money that might still be in the contingency reserve and get it paid that way. So in some cases not. If you don't, then I recommend that you get paid in cash at the time of the inspection unless you really feel comfortable with this client. I've had one, one draw inspection um, that came through and they stopped payment on the check the minute they gave it to me. I thought it was odd that we're on the West Coast and they gave me a check written on a bank on the East Coast, so it took a few days before I realized what they'd done. And they had already been paid. And uh, I, I still believe there's fraud in that one. I was called in after the fact, uh, and it was a mixed-use property. And they had done all the work on the uh, commercial aspects of the property, too, under the 203K. And I told the lender about it, and they said, well, that's not your job. Your job is to do the draw inspections. So anyway, that's where that went. But I like to get the scope of work delineated prior to having the contractor bid the job. That's so important. How can he bid what he doesn't know is going to be required? I know one lender, there's no requirement. There's no requirement by HUD to have three contractor bids. It's nice, but you don't have to have any. If the contractor bids with your uh, consultant, if he agrees and understands that consultant's numbers could be wrong, uh, what I do, if, if that looks like the case is going to happen, I tell them, I say, you have to look at this, and then I drop one number that is so low nobody could use it uh, of something. Uh, I might take the, the flooring that I have down there at $3,000. Maybe I drop it to $300, and I highlight it, and I send it out along with the contractor to bid. Uh, he looks at that number, and it's circled and highlighted. He can't miss it. He says, I can't do that. That's ridiculous. You've made an error in your calculations. And he changes it. Once he changes one number, it's just been. At least that's the way I've always looked at it. So get him to change one uh, if they're using your numbers. Uh, there is no HUD requirement for a contractor to bid a project prior to the consultant's work. So why do it? It just holds things up. I had one lender that requires a contractor bid ahead of time. They got it. Then they call me out to do the consultation. Then they hand me the contractor's bid. So, well, it's different than this. And I said, well, I never saw that before, so how would I know it was that I was supposed to match something, and I don't? So we had our good laugh. And at that point, I said, he's, he's missed these minimum property things. There's no attic insulation in this 80-year-old house. We have to put attic insulation. I recommend we put floor insulation, too. Insulation is a great way to go. For every dollar you put in insulation, it usually repays the borrower a dollar every year after that. So it really makes good sense to put in attic and floor insulation when you have a sub-area to put flooring in. Anyway, so next subject we have here, I had a lot of calls after the last show about, we talked about feasibility. No, feasibility is a short order, down and dirty bid. 
I go out to a house. I look at the house. I'm there 30 minutes for a single-family house. 30 minutes. And I've got to walk through that house. I actually literally almost run through that house and try to find out all the defects, things that don't meet minimum property standards. And then somebody says, oh, well, we're going to remodel the kitchen. Can you give us a price on that, too? I said, sure, but it's an enhanced feasibility because the feasibility is to what is it going to take to bring this house to minimum property standards? Well, who cares? We don't want to do minimum property standards. We want to update the kitchen. We want to update two bathrooms in addition to minimum property standards. I said, that's fine. It's still a, an enhanced feasibility. I'm going to bid it to minimum property standards. That way you know what the seller is responsible for and should be responsible for. Everything else is on you. Anything you want to do beyond that. Now, if the kitchen and bathrooms are literally shot, they don't have any functionality anymore, then they updating them may be part of the minimum property standards. But typically, a feasibility is I run through there and I put a dollar down. As I'm looking at something, to replace that might be 250 HUD says if I see 250 I should write five. HUD says if I 300 I should write five. five. They want this to be padded. They want this to be heavy-duty because this is what's going to qualify the borrower. So if you go through there and you say, well, it'll cost 150 bucks to fix that, HUD says 500 so this thing is going to be a little heavy duty. It also says to put 20% contingency instead of 10. Because it's down and dirty, and it's done in 30 minutes approximately, not by everybody, but that's what we found we can do it in. Then um, when they tell us they want to update the kitchen and bathroom, we now have to know what are you going to do there? Are you going to put standard builder's quality? Are you going to do super nice stuff for yourself? This is your final resting place? Um, you know, we need to know more information. And as long as we can get that, we can do whatever they want. But a feasibility typically is not enough information. It is not breaking the roof down. So, you you know, we know we're going to, uh, it's $5,900, period, end of story, round it off to 6000 And just say replace the roof. You know, you're replacing the sheathing, you're replacing this, that, other thing too, but you're going to, for the feasibility, you just got to say complete roof replacement. You don't have to be real exact, and that's that's the problem. You do not want it to be sufficient for them to go out and get bids. That's not what it's for. It's not its intent. Its intent is to see does a borrower qualify if it was this much. And if they do, then move on. It is ready to go. Now. We're going to talk briefly about the 203K or renovation loans in general. I, I keep saying this. The last few shows I've mentioned this. I apologize. But it's so important for realtors who are listening. Sell every house you show. Because if you sell every house you show, you could sell more houses. All right, you sit down with the client. You determine they want to live in a specific neighborhood, their kids want to go to this particular school, and you know all that's true, but you look into MLS and there's no houses for sale in there that fit their criteria. 
I was doing a talk in, uh, gosh, Cotati, I think it was, uh, at a real estate association meeting. And just before I get up there, the realtors get up and talk about a property they just listed or one that's coming up. This one guy gets up there and says, look, I want a condo in this specific condominium project. Uh, do not tell me about that one. It just burned. I'm not interested in that one. I want something that is just perfect. My client wants to move into it ready to live her life. Get her furniture in there and just enjoy the heck out of it. But whatever you do, I'm not interested in that one. So if anybody gets a new listing, a pocket listing, bring it to me. We'll get it sold right away. And then they said, okay, and today our speaker is Mike Young. We're going to talk about uh, fixing uh, the 203K and the utilization of it. And I get up there and I laugh and I said, this is perfect. And you, Mr. Realtor, that just said you don't want a fixer, you don't want to sell your client that, I would do just the opposite. Why not give her the best darn condo in that community? Because it isn't available. Yes, it is. It is exactly available. It is that one you just told me had a fire. Well, it smells like smoke. Not after we renovate it. Fire is a particular bad dude. Fires, if you leave charred wood inside the walls and bury it, uh, cover it up without sealing it, that burned smoke smell is going to come back out in the house. But what you do is you get all the best pictures of all the condos in that subdivision, and you start showing her these pictures. How about a kitchen like that? Yeah, how about this? Oh, look at this scene here in the living room with that fireplace. Oh, yeah, that's, this is exactly what I want. Is this available? Well, this is actually a compilation of about five different condos. Each one had something fixed. But we've got one that just has been fire damaged. And what we're going to do is we're going to go in there, if you're interested, and we're going to take it all out right to the studs. And any studs that have been damaged are going to be removed and replaced. Any studs that have been fire damaged but aren't, they're just a little bit charred on the edges, uh, and they don't have to be replaced. We're going to seal them with a smoke inhibitor. Anyway, you will not smell smoke. You will never know a fire was in this place when it's all finished, and uh, it is going to have everything you can dream about. All you got to do is tell us, and we'll put it in the scope of work and have it done for you. For sure, it's going to have all new electrical we can replace all plumbing. You're going to get a brand new condominium in an established condo project. All new electrical, all new sub panels, all new electrical wiring, all new outlets, switches, everything. All new plumbing, new sinks, bathtubs, uh, new kitchen, completely renovated the way you want it. You get to pick your carpet. You get to pick your floor coverings. Maybe there's no carpets not in the picture. Maybe you want hardwood floors. But whatever you want, we're going to build it right into this unit. And you are going to get your dream condo in the place you want to live, and you're going to get it now. It'll take us three months to put it together. So I see we're backed up against the clock again. 
So call us at 888-627-6008. Toll free and be part of the show. We'll be right back after this final break for today. We found the perfect house, but there's been no updating it for many years. Then we heard about the FHA 203K, where we can buy that home and get the money to fix it up all in one low interest rate loan. What a great idea. That little commercial was a great idea. You know, you got a house in an area, maybe it's not that condo we saw, but meets their client's expectation in every way except it doesn't have a pool. So put a pool in with a Fannie Mae home style loan. Put a beautiful pool in. Give them a backyard, uh, I don't know, what do you call it, a kitchen and everything else out there on the patio. We did one not too long ago in Napa that had a beautiful backyard, but no pool. They wanted to put a pool in. They wanted to put a large patio with a kitchen built in and everything. Any of that's possible with the homestyle. Okay. So realtors, let's talk about realtors. Appraisal ever come in low? I, I love it when I uh, when I talk to real estate associations. There's usually about half a dozen lenders in there and lots of realtors. And I usually have a lender introduce me. Uh, and they say, well, they'll introduce you. I said, I'm asking you to introduce me. But they'll introduce you. I know that. You know that. But I want to do something for you. But if you won't cooperate, I'll ask one of those other lenders to introduce me. Well, you put it like that, I guess I could introduce you. That's all I'm going to do. I said, yeah, you don't have to sell anybody on me or anything. Just introduce me. My name is Mike Young. And they get up there and they say, oh, our speaker today is Mike Young. Here he is. And they walk away. And then I start talking about the advantages of an FHA 203K or Homestyle Loan or the VA Renovation Loan. And I said, when you're doing one of these and you're presenting an offer, chances are, is there anybody in the room here think the 203K is going to take longer to get your commission and hand, every hand goes up. Well, it's not. It's not going to. But you didn't know that. So you want to stay away from 203K. You don't want to see an offer come to you because it might take longer to get your commission, right? But that's false. You're believing that is false. So don't do that. And to help you, we have a letter that accompanies your offer. It's an offer letter. Okay? And that offer letter explains just exactly what's going to happen. And it explains to everybody that the loan is going to close in the next 30 days or so, just like any other loan. And you're going to get your commissions, and everybody's going to run out and try to sell another house. In the meantime, the work starts after it closes, and then we stay with the client right through the end till the work is completed. The consultant is going to hold their hand all the way through the process. But every once in a while, something happens. So what we do is we start 
big deal. Make your offer to another office, another realtor office, and and start with this letter that we suggest that explains the process. And then I flash it up on the screen, a piece of it. And all the realtors in the room are writing it down as fast as they can. And when I see that, I flash it again and go to the next page. Somebody in the audience typically says, hold it, hold it, hold it. I can't keep up with you. Can you go a little slower? And I said, if you're writing the letter down, I'm going to give you a copy of the letter before we leave today. And they say, oh, we should have said that. I wouldn't have been trying to write so fast. I said, all right. So we get back and we go down the slideshow. And I tell them, I said, you know, they've only given me 20 minutes roughly to talk, so i got to go through this a little faster than usual because it's a 30-minute seminar, a 30-minute PowerPoint. And I start going through the slides. But if I see somebody write, I try to go fast so they can't write. The idea is that when it's finished, somebody says, Oh, Mr. Young, you said you were going to give us a copy of that letter that your companies are, are offering. It's an offer letter. Can we get that? And I said, well, Jim over here introduced me tonight. I'm going to give the letter to him. And, Jim, I want you to give a letter to every one of these people when they bring you their next 203K or renovation loan. And they all surround Jim. And while they're talking to Jim and getting all the details, uh, all of a sudden I got six people hanging around me. The other six lenders in the room that just saw me give all the next 203Ks to Jim are wanting to know, well, how do we get a copy of that letter? I'd like a copy of that letter. I really would. And I say, well, you can have a copy of that letter too by making me your consultant. Oh, well, shucks, that's good. We don't like the one we got anyway. Uh, being a consultant is not the happiest thing you can be because nobody likes their consultant. Uh, it takes too long. You don't get out there fast enough. You've got a, a list a mile long of the reasons they don't like it, but they're happy to switch. Jump ship and come over to you if you can get a copy of that letter. I said, okay, not a problem. So we ended up getting usually six or seven new lender leads out of every time we speak. But the big thing is, 203K comes with an appraisal advantage. Let's say that you're doing a standard conventional loan for somebody. They're putting 20% down. They're buying this little house for $350,000. $350,000. So the appraisal comes in at less than 350,000. Let's say it comes in at 325. So that's that's ruining everything because the seller doesn't want to come down anymore. The borrower can't afford to put any more down. They're already putting 20%. But a 203k has a 10% advantage. If if your appraisal comes in at 2325, you can take 325 and add to it. And that gets you over the 350. Okay, once you're over the 350, your deal is done. So that, to me, is pretty darn cool. Okay, but well, I want to thank you for being with us today. We appreciate it. Join us next Sunday between 1 and 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, by then, our offices, I hope, will be finished 
and we can get back into our own studio uh, here in Las Vegas, Nevada. We look forward to seeing you next time. May God bless you. Tune in every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to BBS Radio Station 1 and learn more about making home renovations possible, profitable, and hassle-free. Isn't it time you learned how to make money doing something you love? Visit 203konline.com now and let's get your home makeover projects done right. Right.